This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks, our last one of 2022. Today, reviewing the epic science fiction sequel to the biggest film of all time, Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, screenplay by James Cameron, Rick Yaffa, and Amanda Silver. And of course, James Cameron directing once again. Man, we've been waiting for this film for 13 years since the first Avatar came out. I believe it was as early as 2012 or 13. There was rumors of a sequel. And then it got delayed and delayed and delayed. And then we got COVID and then delayed again. But then they had this whole thing of four sequels. Fox wanted to do four sequels to Avatar. So we also had this whole plan of up through at least maybe 2028. Every two years getting a new one and all these being filmed back to back. But here we are finally. It actually happened. We had the sequel come out. Uh, so we're excited to talk about it today. I will say, though, my co-host here, Taylor Sokol, and fellow Avatar, if you haven't seen this film, do not listen to this review, because we will be getting into spoiler territory. Spoiler warning. There it is. Yes, and uh, it's uh, over 192 minutes, so there's no way we cannot talk about this film without spoiling some stuff. <laughs> this episode is six hours long. No, just kidding. Um, it could be. But um, yeah, if you've not actually seen the film, please go see it and then come back and listen to our review. But Taylor, what's a brief synopsis of Avatar The Way of Water? And then we'll get into the nitty gritty. So following the events of the first Avatar film, Jake Sully and Tiri, they formed a family over the many years, and he's become chief. And the sky people are the humans that have lived there and the uh, Na'vi have kind of coexisted in peace. 
Uh, but however, they must leave their home and explore new regions of Pandora as the Sky People return with a vengeance. Uh, and um, when a new ancient threat uh, resurfaces, Jake must fight a difficult war against the humans while forming new alliances uh, with other clans around Pandora. So right off the bat, you know, we, we had no really anticipation of what was happening. I, I think the trailer did a great job of just showing again why we enjoy this movie. Just Pandora. Pandora, yeah. the, the stunning visuals. What uh, was very exciting because we didn't know if we were going to leave Pandora, but this film, I think Cameron was smart, stay in Pandora, and there was so much more to explore, uh, if you will. And the fact that now we're leaving the more jungle and scenic, mysterious, you know, kind of Amazonian rainforest to the oceans and the reef mm -hmm. and a whole new tribe of people that exist on this island or sorry, exist on this planet. Um, so I was, I was pretty, pretty anxious to, to see where they were going to go with that already. Yeah. I mean, the trailers showed all this beautiful music and we got like maybe two, three lines of dialogue. So it was like, we didn't know where the story was going to go. And for some people that bothers them because some trailers are meant to build the hype and give you a little bit of plot. But even to me, I could kind of get the plot. It was like, okay, clearly we understand that Sigourney Weaver is somehow back in a younger Avatar body. Don't know how. We'll get to that in a minute. And she could speak to Awa because clearly that's the thing. And we knew that Stephen Lang was back because he told us that right when the first movie came out, he was like, I might be dead, but I'll come back. You know, <laughs> they can clone me or whatever. And we could tell from the trailers that there is because yeah. I remember when the first image popped up of Stephen Lang's avatar character, he had the same tattoo on his arm and more of the military haircuts. Everyone was like, that's him now in an avatar body. How is that a thing? Will that be explained? So, yes, right in the beginning of this film, the humans, you know, we, we figure out that, OK, yes, Jake and Atiri have had some kids. They had two sons. They have a young daughter and by some miracle, almost like an Anakin situation, the Grace Avatar body, which is still technically alive, it's like in a comatose state, if you will. Because remember at the end of the first film, Grace got shot in the, one of the big battles, and they tried to do the thing where they can use Awa's spirit to make her human body forever go into her Avatar body. It didn't take. We kind of just assumed from that scene that it meant that Grace's Avatar wasn't, you know was dead or something but by some miracle she becomes pregnant and so we have kiri and jake and terry adopt this daughter so they have four kids total one who's adopted there's some cool stuff that goes on with the carry i think she's going to become a really a big character to the rest of the franchise but the humans come back and i will say one thing i wish they would explain in one of the future sequels and have or even do a prequel is how on earth humans have so much money because we get the sense in this movie now compared to the first one remember they were here to take obtainium that stuff that was like you see what this is you know we i love our uh our character here he's like this is worth you know a quadrillion you know per this is uh obtainium yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I love I love Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, God, he's yeah. only in a bit a bit of this movie. I think he's going to come back for more uh, with a bigger part. But they lost the battle. It took them several years to return to Earth. They must have regrouped and then came back with a vengeance. But we find out now Earth is dying. 
So actually, they're here now not just to get revenge on Jake Sully, of course. They're here to terraform and make Pandora the new Earth. But of course, they can't do that if the locals are in the way. Yeah. This opening scene of the humans returning, they had this ship that when it landed, it was like it burned like entire chunk of the forest. And it was terrifying. I was like, if this is the power they have, why don't they just do that all over the place? Yeah. To me, what, what doesn't make sense is if they have all this money for these huge tech things. And I mean, yeah, exactly. There's a the, early in the film, they do like a the humans land. Jake and Atiri are so sad, you know, devastated. All these animals are dying. It's like one year later, and they've built this entire city. If they can do all that, well, yeah. What what, what was going on the whole time? They just like lie low, like they weren't like they didn't attack the Navi this entire year, or maybe they were doing small things. It it went from like I thought when the movie started, I was like, "Holy crap, this is like insane!" This this one ship is landing and it's just burning everything. And it's like one year later, they have this huge city that they're building, and I'm like, if they could do all this, they couldn't save Earth. Also, how did they found? How did they find Pandora in the first place? That's something I wish they would, you know, talk about. Yeah, they didn't talk about it in the first movie. Maybe they Hopefully will. They will explain that. But no. you and I were big fans of a villain. You know, every story has to have its villain, and the way they bring back Stephen Lang in this is pretty smart. Obviously, Stephen Lang died at the end of the film. Uh, Natiri shot him with some arrows, and it was such a glorious fight. He has been. Him and his fellow soldiers, about six or seven of them, all were, there was a backup program put in place with Avatar bodies, and they were able to implement their memories into them with this chip, but it only goes up to a certain point. like the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it only goes to a certain point. It does not include their death. So they don't know how they died, but... And I thought that was really smart because Stephen Lang, he was so good in that first film, but he was kind of one note. He was kind of like this, I'm the military buff that, you know. Okay, this is a bad guy. He's just going to be the threat. There's no redeeming qualities. Now we have so much more depth in this one, which I thought was, yes. I think was great about it is not only do he's has to reconcile that he's not no longer human. He's kind of like, okay, now I'm, I was killed. I'm back this kind of existential crisis. Like now I'm, I'm actually becoming maybe more Navi, less human. And um, we also come to find out pretty exciting stuff that uh, he actually had a son. He's a daddy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a daddy. And uh, which was, which is kind of, which was really great. Cause um, that, you know, I, all I think about is, well, when I was on Pandora, I was still getting busy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He had some time for fun, apparently. Yeah, that this was a great uh, uh, chunk of the story is early in the film when they're talking about the kids and kind of getting you caught up. We meet the character of Spider. And Spider was this human that was born very quickly after the battle before the humans had to evacuate. But because he's a baby, he cannot do the trip in space back to Earth. He's too young. So they just left him there. So he becomes kind of this feral kid because since there's not the only humans left really are like, you know, Ned and like the science guys, like, you know, it's not like a huge bunch of humans are left because all the humans were forced to leave. So Jake and Terry kind of like help somewhat raise him. He's kind of just always around. They call him like, he's kind of like a dog. Like he's just around. (laughs) 
but he's kind of like a Tarzan. Like he, he's learning the way of the Navi. He hunts. He only wears like a loincloth. He's got the long dreads. He's got blue paint all over himself because he wants to be Navi. And as through the, through the film, we realized that his dad was Quaritch. So this does add some human, you know, even though he has a blue avatar now, it adds this human emotional connection that he has this son now. Um, and whereas he was more one note in the first film, even though, yes, his mission is Jake Soli and he does some bad stuff in this movie to get that job done to try to get to Jake Soli. There's moments where he has empathy. There's moments where he he all of a sudden has this son that he really didn't know was his. And now he can maybe have that chance to be that father figure. And on the flip side, um, Spider, you know, he's kind of become part of the family, but you said kind of like a pet. Mm-hmm. You've got this little tension on the other side with Nutiri kind of looks at him like he'll never be one of us uh, because he is yeah, human. He'll always be a human. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is kind of which be- is funny that she says that yes. because your husband was human. And then he did the whole Awa thing and became, um, you know, permanent Navi now. So that's interesting, too, that she kind of feels that because you do get that in this. Once we move to the Water Tribe, like there is tension of that they are half breeds. Yeah, that they which have seen a lot of, you know, movies. Yeah, they have five fingers instead of four. And, you know, they're not true Navi and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And we'll get to a, a pretty big moment near the end of the film. But uh, yeah, as you said, Korich shows up with his people and they're hunting Jake solely. And the kids are out on their own just exploring. And they run into Korich and the boys. And well, there's one female uh, soldier as well. And that's when they realize, oh crap, this is dangerous. And they know this is a way to try to get to Jake. Mm -hmm. And we have this cool nighttime. Again, the visuals that James Cameron does in this film are insane. Oh, yeah. Like this whole first 45 minutes or so is all set still like in the jungle. There's there's this one scene where like Jake and Tira flying at night. And I, it's so cute. It's like sometimes we need time away from the kids, you know, date night. Like there was more modern funny comedy in this film to make it relatable to a family. Yes. And I love that in this. Um, but yeah, they, they come in and try to save the kids and the court ends up taking spider, but they realize this is dangerous. They could show up at any time. And this not only puts us in danger, it puts the whole clan in danger. So we need to get out. Mm-hmm. And Terry's not very happy about this, but he's like, look, this, this family is our fortress. So they end up like, let's get out. Let's get out of Dodge. And that's when they go to the water people. So we go to a whole new clan and we meet uh, Tanawari and Ranal, who are the chief and his wife who run the Metkaya. Met, I can't even say it. Some of these things. Mek, 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 Mekayana. Mekayana, you got to say it fast. Mekayana, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to say it real fast. Um, but the water tribe. And what was already cool is like you, you see this in the trailer. They're still Navi, but they're more of an aquatic green looking skin mm-hmm. uh their tails are bigger their hands have more fin shape to them so they they still have a you know the ponytail and everything but they have more of stuff that sets them for the water and they can breathe in the water for long periods of time so in a similar formula of the first movie it's like now we've hit the water tribe now the family has to learn the ways of the water 
the way of water. Yeah. Fish out of water tale, if you will, um, which I think is great because, you know, it that was kind of Jake Sully's whole uh, arc in the first one. Now it's his whole family has to learn to adapt. And he's like, he's all for it. And, you know, he has to kind of lead by example um, with them. And we've got great casting here with Tanawari, Cliff Curtis. And, you know, I didn't realize this until after I watched the film, uh, Renal, Kate Winslet, which I thought that was like, wow. I was like, that is, so we get a little bit of uh, James Cameron royalty back here again. Yes, Kate, Kate's back. Uh, yeah, so they start to get to know the tribe and this is where really the story takes on the kids, um, which I think is really the, a, a good setup. It really means that I think moving forward, yes, Jake and Natiri are still going to have parts in this, this, you know, franchise, but the kids are going to have a big part. And he has said, James, that they filmed two and three pretty much back to back and they filmed a small chunk of four because there is a big time jump in four where the kids become older. So all these kids are already looking older now if you see them in interviews than they were when they filmed this. So they're kind of getting a head start on that. But as I said, we have uh, his two sons. So we have Netiam and Loak. And really, we we paid attention to a lot to Loak's story more than Netiam. I mean, Netiam really comes off as he's he's meant to be the older responsible one. Jake high, you know, holds him to a higher esteem because he's mm-hmm. supposed to be the protective one. But Loak's the one always kind of gets in trouble and does stuff he's not supposed to. And him and, you know, we have Cliff Curtis as the the chief. His sons and him, they kind of start to spar and have issues because, you know, it's like, what you going to do, forest boy? <laughs> like, yeah. I love all the, the, like, the jokes and stuff. And there was actually a cool thing they did very early on in the film is, like, they talk in the Navi language for a minute. And then Jake's like, I'm so used to it now. It just sounds like English to me. So yeah, that you kind of get that when it was a good way to do it. They couldn't do of, Navi the whole movie, you know. Yeah, and, like, and a lot of we'll, we'll talk in English and you'll get it. But uh, yeah, the uh, the young sons kind of take an interest in Loak, and uh, you know, they're like, let's let's take him out hunting, and he's like, oh, that'll be great. And just like the first movie, you know, we have now all these new aquatic creatures. So very much like a banshee. There's like a water banshee that they can ride. Um, there's kind of this big finned, almost looks like a, it looks kind of like a crocodile fish looking thing. Uh, they can ride to hunt and there is uh, this crazy sequence with what looks like a great white shark kind of thing. And then we have these big whales you saw in the trailer. But yeah, the boys take him out to this, you know, way out outside the reef. Uh, Moana reference there. And uh, they uh, they leave him there. And he comes up and he thinks he's all part of the you know, the group. And then he's left alone. And this giant shark looking thing starts hunting him. And very much like in the first movie where the big kind of panther jaguar creature was hunting Jake. We have a similar thing with Loak. So I could see why some people were like, it has similar notes from the first film is we're learning the ways of water. We have this whole sequence where he almost gets killed by this shark. Uh, but it reminded me of Star Wars. There's always a bigger fish. The <laughs> yeah. shark gets just demolished. I mean, like just smashed into this rock by this giant whale. And we meet this whale character uh, that is. We find out that these whales usually mate and have pairs. And he is an outcast because he's a killer. 
these whales on this planet don't attack anything and he did so he also has like one fin missing kind of like nemo and loak and him really kind of they have a bond and everyone is like are you crazy that thing's gonna kill you and he's like no i can't believe it you know he he's He's one of me and and there's like a bond. So that was kind of an important thing to get that going because he plays a big part in what really is a huge chunk of this water section. You know, we had the bad thing of them trying to kill Home Tree in the first movie and trying to get all that stuff. In this one, I think James Cameron took it to an even darker space. This one, because we have really whaling in this. We have whale hunting yeah. by the humans. And they're tracking and trying to kill these whales because within the brain of the whale, they can take one single tube of this like yellow liquid. Yeah. And that basically stops the aging process mm -hmm. for humans on Earth. So clearly that always that quest for to retain youth to live forever. So they're killing these creatures for one vial. That's probably, I think they said it's worth 80 million per vial. And we do have this really sad whale hunting sequence where, and I think too, I, with, with Quaritch kind of dragging Spider along, getting to know him a little bit. And there's even like, I think some good moments where like Quaritch has to go get a Banshee, right? He's And it's like, they have the guns and he's like, Jake Soley did this on his own. He's like, all right, I'll do it on my own. He does it his own way. They kind of get to experience the Avatar life but he's still on his mission. And yeah. this this the second half of the film, like once we get to the water, it's a lot of like, here's be the beauty of the ocean. We have the kids swimming in the ocean. We have them learning yeah, about the ocean. There's a lot of there's a lot of these there's a lot of these scenes where it's like we're just following them around as they're taking it all in. So it's a unique uh -huh. way for you don't just show shots and like, oh, James Cameron wants yeah. you to enjoy this shot. It's you see it through the eyes of the kids and like, wow, this whole new, this whole new world that we've just, we've, we've missed, you know, whereas, you know, this is the way of the water. The first mm. one was the way of the forest. So next one will be the way of the desert. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you really like just sit there and like, oh my gosh, this is, it is just a beautiful, dazzling visual feast, if you will. Yeah. But uh, Korch is, he's kind of going to island island and trying to be like, give me information on Jake Soley. And of course the Navi are not speaking spiders. Like they don't know anything. And then they're burning people's huts and, you know, they kill one of the, the, the water banshees, just, you know, evil stuff Or every time you watch a movie like this, you're like, I just want this guy to die. Like I just hate him, but he's trying to get information. And then eventually they're out in the water and they have this whole whale hunting thing. And they're like, we can use this to get him out. If we, if we, you know, we can bait him out with, you know, killing as we did before, you know, that this is these tactics they do to get the Navi to do, do what they want. And I'll tell you, this whale hunting scene was really sad. We do have Jermaine Clement in here as really like a, like not much of a role. Like he's this marine biologist who's working for the humans to help kill these animals, which didn't really make sense to me. I wonder if he has a bigger part to play and he just hasn't really had much depth to it yet because it was kind of like what but really the another kind of villain if you will is that brendan cowell plays captain mick scoresby um and he's the one who's kind of heading this whole marine hunting and he's the one running the show you know 
give me the net, give me this. And he has these, he has, he's very Australian. Yeah, he, he's the Kiwi Ahab. <laughs> the Australian Ahab. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. Kiwi Ahab, that's exactly <laughs> it. Uh, and they do kill this one mother whale and the calf. And when Ronald shows up and see, you know, this was a connected because she's about to have a baby. This whale just had a baby. You can tell they're all pissed. Like, they're like, we want to, we need to go fight. And Jake's like, if you fight, you will die. They will kill so many people. But the kids have been kidnapped. So, like, <clears throat> this whole kind of last, it was about 45, 50 minutes, was, like, nonstop awesome action. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have this huge, this huge kind of water carrier thing that they're on. Uh, which, you know, it's a huge ship that can like kind of open up and that's what they've been using for some of the, you know, some of their small ships go off of that to do the whale hunting. They have some scuba diving stuff. And so we have this whole just battle sequence with like all this crazy stuff going on. And they show this eclipse a few times in the movie when the eclipse happens, then like everything goes dark, obviously. So that's where you get like half of this battle is in light and then the other half is like in the dark. And uh, there was some great action at the end of this film. And again, Kiri's character, she speaks to Awa. She can swim underwater for like ever. She has no problems breathing. And we even get some like Awa powers in this. Like she connects to things underwater. She's like the Neo of Avatar. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she connects to like the tree under the water. And she's like blasting, like making these things grab people, these jellyfish things. And so I think she's going to have a big part to play moving forward. Um. But yeah, Korich, I felt this whole like Jake on the on his like, you know, thing he was on, the thing he was writing, they could like dive on it real quick and then come up. I mean, we get some great bonkers action and it does kind of turn into Titanic for a chunk of time because this thing is just being demolished. Our whale that has been like our friend gets some damage and he actually attacks the ship and like does a huge dive onto it and is taking guys out. I love the moment where the the ship the Kiwi Ahab who we do deem evil because he hunts whales. Um you could tell this whale wants revenge and he gets it pretty good. At one point he has this whole wire attached to him and he's like uh, yeah he's basically making it so it's really tight. This was so good. The 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 guy gets pinned against a rock and you could tell the thing is is really about to hit his arm off, and then it, ding, and his arm gets cut off. I was really hoping. I was really hoping he flew off. That uh, one of those shark things would have come back and got him. That oh really yeah. Cool. I mean, technically, an arm being ripped off is an automatic death. But I mean, you're probably knocked the hell out from that, and you're going to be in the water. You're going to lose a lot of blood. But that was pretty yeah. good. But all this action's going on. The kids are. They're like, you know, taped up. You know what was funny though? The things they used to like as like handcuffs reminded those things you have as kids, like the bracelets you put on your wrist. You know? Oh, yeah, the slap them on. The slap them on. But I guess it was, it was really good. But this whole, yeah, end battle gets pretty crazy. Uh, We do end up losing the oldest son. He gets shot in a moment of trying to save his family. And so they've they've lost their oldest son, but they still have some of their kids on the ship. And Natiri is just broken. Um, oh yeah. And Natiri being broken now that she's lost her oldest son, she wow. When they get back on the ship, and it's Jake and Natiri, and Loak's going to try to help 
Spider's there and Spider, you know, of course he's had this whole battle of conscience. He's like, I have to help my family. I can't help this, this maniac. This moment where Jake and Korich have this huge fight. I mean, like big fight, but there's this moment where he has Kiri like at a, at, at, you know, right before that knife fight, point. Yeah. knife point. Seeing a Terry go really feral for a moment and like really going crazy and killing people. And then she grabs Spider I thought she was about to kill Spider, like, right then and there. Yeah. She's like, you do it, I'll do it. I'll kill him. And she even, like, cuts him. Gives him, like, a good nick. And it was like... yeah. I liked how they showed how Spider even, like, saw her in her, like, feral state and was like, oh, shit. I need to get out of here. But, uh... They end up letting the kids go. And then Jake and Korich have this epic one-on-one battle. Just a fight to the death. In which neither die. Yeah, they're evenly matched too at this point. So it was like, yeah, at right. this point now it's like, okay, they're both avatars. They're both very strong. They're they have you know they're both military guys, uh, and this is a lot of hand to hand combat, and it, it takes them all into the water. And again, the whole thing is sinking. So like, our family's trying to get out of the water. They're stuck down there. Uh, it's very Titanic vibes. You feel like exactly that whole scenes when the Titanic was sinking and all that chaos. That is the vibe of all this at the end. And the saving grace is at one point, Jake does get the better of Korich and he does choke him to the point where he should die. But Spider comes and saves Korich. And he, I think that's, again, I'll get to my point about this in a second. He saves him, I think, in a way to be like, well, he is my father. He's he's maybe not my legit father, mm-hmm. but the spirit of the man who was my father is in this and I should save him because he, he didn't kill me and all this kind of stuff. But, uh, Kiri comes to the rescue of her family. She uses Awa, all these like kind of like Krill light the way for them to get out. And yeah, so the humans have been, the humans on this at least have been demolished. Minus Quarch. And he's kind of left like, he survived and he's like, come on, Spider, come with me. And Spider goes and he he jumps away. So you can tell yeah. Spider's pissed. And he's like, I'm not coming with you. I think it's going to be a continued thing. I could see Spider in a future sequel being the one to kill his dad. A very, yeah. you know, Luke Vader kind of moment. Um, but we'll see what that goes with that. But um, yeah, the the film kind of finishes up with Jake being like, okay, I can see now that running was not the right idea we need to go to war. And he, I think every movie is going to finish with uh, Jake opening his eyes in some way. Maybe the last movie will be him closing his eyes and that's his death. Uh, but he opens his <laughs> eyes again, like in the first film and he's like very angry. The only character we didn't really talk about, because she didn't have a lot to do in this film. I think she's going to have more to do is we do have Edie Falco in here from the Sopranos and nurse yeah. Jackie. She's like a general for the RDA. And she's kind of showing how like, well, we've done in a year, we've done more than you did the entire time you guys were here originally. And again, there's this huge city, and the whole point is that they want to take over Pandora for humans to live there. So I think it's going to be a continued thing moving forward is they're going to go to war because they want the planet. So I'm going to be intrigued. Now, are we going to get the next sequel in two years, or is this going to take even longer? Well, it's it's supposed to. They said it's supposed to come out twenty twenty four. So um, 
we it has been know, all filmed so i think it's just it's just special effects which, which... was smart because I, I think you we talked to and cameron has talked about he doesn't want the stranger things effect where you film these things and these kids get so old like oh he's supposed to be 16 he looks like he's 37 uh so um which is smart True. the fact that they're going to get these all together and i think cameron did set up a good thing where the passing of the torch with the new generation of their their family it's basically kind of the sully family um you know the avatar godfather food well they're they're kind of legacy if you yeah now did you feel like okay the 3d of course is awesome how did did you see it with high frame rate so i did not see this film i just saw this in digital which i want to i want to go back and see um there wasn't a good time for that so so we have different opinions seeing on this yeah gotcha i saw this in 3d with high frame rate and i will say the 3d of course is always spectacular camera does that so well the high frame rate was used a lot in this film and there's times where it was a little too much for me because it's moved so fluidly and it's like almost like a video game that's a little like much but it does make for the spectacle and yeah. so i think you know this movie was three hours and 12 minutes or something so it's like a very long film so i'm just curious as to if that'll be a thing he wants to use for all of his films um because other films have done that. I remember The Hobbit did that, but I don't remember like seeing it and it making too much of a woe to me. I don't know if I saw those in yeah. 3D, but this there's just moments of when you see it in a high frame rate, it is a little like, whoa. There's just some scenes where it's just like crazy fast moving and very fluid because of the... And again, I don't know if that was because you saw in 3D where I saw digital. It didn't really bother me as much. So that could that be the case. I will prob- go back and yeah, see this in 3D because I would like to get that effect like I did with the first film. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I think I want to see this again. And, you know, I I saw the first Avatar a couple times in theaters and I've seen it several times since. And it's a movie that I really do enjoy. I get the whole like, it's Pocahontas in space. So what? It looks amazing. And what have you watched more, Pocahontas or Avatar? I've watched Avatar more than Pocahontas. Okay. (laughs) Um, And with this one, I think from just the visual spectacle and there's some great action in it it does feel like a stepping stone movie to me where it didn't feel like the ending had a huge impact from where the movie started. Uh, You know, it's like, yes, they lost the oldest son. That's sad. Porch is definitely back, but I think we need to have the third part be a much bigger thing. I think it's okay if the second and fourth movie are like still grand scale, but maybe not as impactful And three and five are like huge stepping stones. They have said that the fourth movie is going to go off the rails and it kind of goes crazy. So I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, they've also talked about... Are they leaving Pandora? Are they doing like maybe maybe showing more of Earth? Who knows? The fifth film should end on Earth is what we've been told. I, I actually think a great last scene would be uh, Jake or Natiri or maybe one of the kids uh, goes to Giovanni Rubisi's office on Earth. And the last thing you see is they shoot an arrow in his head. And then that's the, R- the RDA is done. Something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but anyway... We will see what happens with Avatar and the box office as well. James Cameron has said if two and three don't really have the box office success that the first one did, he can he can make it where three is the end film and not do a four and five. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it had a decent, pretty strong box. I mean, a little lower than they were expecting for the first weekend. But I'll tell you, last night we were in a movie theater on a Monday night. And it was pretty packed and it was all because of Avatar. So I think this thing's going to have legs like the first one. It's going to do very well for me. 
I'm gonna give Avatar: The Way of Water for the visuals, for the acting, the action, storytelling, just taking me back to that place where you're just like in awe. I'm gonna give it an eight point five out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing. Uh, eight point five for me as well, pal. Uh, just it was so great to go back to the planet of Pandora uh, once again. I cannot wait to see where the franchise continues to go. And also, hey, the merch and uh, the rides <laughs> as well. But uh, you can see Avatar, The Way of Water, now in theaters, both 3D and digital. That was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.